Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the Alpha Podcast. We are your hosts, Arjun Puri and Richard Harkness. All righty. So today we're talking about something very exciting that's happened in the last week, um, particularly Google I.O. Yep, it's exciting. Yeah, it's good stuff. There lot, lots of things went on. I was particularly excited about all the uh, Daydream and VR related stuff. So, But we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, so, so let's get the disappointments out of the way, I guess. Um, I, I'll just say it. I was really disappointed that there was no hardware. Yeah. I wanted there to be some hardware announcements, and I saw nothing. But to be honest, I wasn't expecting any hardware announcements just because usually stuff starts to leak out, right? Yeah. You don't, you're not counting Google, the Google Home thing as hardware? Not exactly. I mean, it's not particularly... A brand, you know, like, okay, it is a brand new product, but it's not particularly exciting. Like, it, it's like they're building out this new category of device, which is fine, but it's not. It's not like at the level of a smartphone or a computer or even any other AI. Um, it's more like a, just the kind of product that kind of sits in the background at home. Should we maybe maybe start with that and tell people about it? Yeah. So. Um, First of all, if uh, if our listeners aren't familiar with Google I/O, let's let's tell them a little bit about that. Um, Google I/O or Google Input Output takes place every year, and it's uh, Google's main developer conference. Uh, it's where all the developers get together. Um, Google kind of disperses a lot of their um, a lot of their projects for the last year. They talk about uh, what they've been working on, what's going to be announced, what's going to be ready, what's already being announced, um, and they basically plan out their their new year. Um, so this year, uh, Google announced a bunch of new products, and uh, one of those products, uh, which is reminiscent of the Amazon Echo, is called Google Home. Um, this device is uh, it's a hardware device, so it's similarly uh, shaped. Uh, the functions are similar, so it's a Bluetooth speaker that has a mic, uh, but instead of having Amazon Echo uh, built in, um, you have uh, Google's Assistant, which they're calling it, right, Richard? Yeah, it's, it's a lot smaller than... Than the full-sized Amazon Echo, it's probably probably looks about half a quarter of the size of it. So not quite the size of the Amazon Dot. No, it's a bit bigger than that, I think. Yeah, and uh, it's also it's it's quite nice because they 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 want it to fit in better with your home. So there'll be a lot more range of color choices and things, so you can accessorize it to to fit various rooms around your house. But it, it, it could be expensive because I think you're going to basically need one in multiple rooms of your house for it to work properly. Right. And that's the other thing too, right? Um, these devices are, are very much supposed to be, um, you know, dedicated to a particular room because they have to have uh, a, a battery uh, connection or a, uh, a wall out like Jack, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, they connect to your Wi-Fi network, so they're able to get some data back and forth, but they still need some type of a power source. So, you know, the ideal place for something like this would be on a countertop or a table or, uh, I don't know, maybe by your bedside table. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, uh, in, in in multiple rooms. Uh, I, I would, I would, I wonder how also how they. I guess they must have something in the software that allows it to ignore um, audio from a more distant unit, if that makes sense. So if you've got you got right. two rooms, I imagine it must decide right the the voice is louder in this room. This unit, mm-hmm. this unit is going to act on it. Rather mm-hmm. than like triggering two at the same time or something crazy like that, so right. So so at its heart, Google Home is a is a voice activated home assistant, so if you will. So um, you can use it 
exactly like you would Google Now or Google uh, Now on Tap uh, on your Android smartphones. Um, with it, you can ask Google simple questions. Uh, Google can give you updates about your calendar. Um, you can stream music actually from it too, and uh, you know add things to your calendar, take them out from your calendar. It's basically your hands-free assistant mm. um, that manages your, I guess, your Google life. You could say, right? Yep. Um, so. Uh, I'm not particularly excited. I mean, to me, it's just really a Bluetooth speaker with, uh, you know, uh, Google Home built in or Google Now on Tap built in, really. Um, w- this product is is a brand new product in its category. So I think there's only, uh, you know, forward to go from here. There's only better to come. Uh, but at, at its heart right now, um, I'm not particularly wowed by it. Like, it just seems like old technology to me. I think what would what will crunch it for me is there's two things. Whether, whether the sound is any good from it um, mm-hmm. and what price it's going to be because we don't know that yet so if it's if, it, if they make it kind of chromecast cheap so that you can that mm-hmm. you can easily afford to put it in multiple rooms of your house then maybe you know I might give it I might decide to give it a punt but because um, I mean the Amazon Echo has phenomenal um, feedback from the people who own it uh, but it's so pricey it is, yeah well a lot of those, a lot, I think a lot of the people who got that got in at day one though, and got it got True. it for ninety nine dollars. So, uh, and, and see, that's the other thing too, right? We're talking about a product uh, and we're comparing it now. So, like you made the comparison to the Chromecast, mm. right? So the Chromecasts are still about fifty bucks. Um, for you to have a Chromecast in multiple rooms, uh, I mean, it's not the priciest thing around. Um, but see, I've always made the comparison that it's not particularly cheap either. At fifty dollars uh, Canadian, you can buy a pretty decent pair of speakers and just kind of have them plugged into an MP3 player rather than looking to buy a, a small speaker. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's fair enough. It's just it, it seems like uh, they're trying to find their niche with Google Home, and uh, because it's always uh, always ready, um, I think they're trying to take some of that pie that Amazon's getting into. And um, I think there's a lot of reasoning behind it too, where you have uh, Google's AI technology that they're really kind of developing to be able to do natural language processing better um, and to be able to understand more people better. And the more data they have, the better it'll be. So I'm sure somewhere in the terms and agreements for Google Home, you're going to have a little clause or a disclaimer that tells you that Google's going to be collecting that voice data so that it can improve its services. Well, it's always listening as well. Right. Yep. Ooh, that makes me scared. See, I, I don't like things always listening to yeah, me. Yeah, I know. It, it just does. It does because you never know what they're doing with that data that that, that they're gathering about you. Um, right. Especially after Snowden's leaks about having back back pipes to uh, a lot of the major tech companies. Like, I, I just, I mean, keep like Richard. You and I aren't particularly the most interesting people in the world that people would want to uh, spy on every day. No. Um, but it just makes you uncomfortable. It just makes you feel that you're being watched or listened to, no matter where you are. And yeah. that that just in general, that doesn't do it well for the public. There's got to there's got to be a, a, a lot of value reward back in return for giving up that giving up that privacy. I think. Yeah. But that, yeah. that so, I was going to say that that you what you were saying there um, about the the AI and, and stuff kind of brings one mm-hmm. nicely to one of the other things that that was announced at IO which was a Google Assistant uh, right. which is bringing out kind of a, a more advanced version of Google's AI that we're probably all familiar with from uh, Google now and Google now on tap um, and and it's now more 
conversational, uh, uh, you know, than it used to be. Uh, right. For for those of you who haven't had a chance to try this out, um, if you've got an Android phone um, and you're not particularly, uh, you know, into voice chat or sorry, voice searching and uh, Google searching using voice, uh, you should really get into it. Um, it's, it's really well integrated now, even if you've got a phone that's running on Android Lollipop or uh, Android, uh, actually, sorry, Lollipop, I think it's the best mm. best performer so far in terms of uh, how much market share they have. Uh, but if you, if you try to interact with Google Now um, or Google Now on top uh, with voice, you'll, you'll notice that the voice is a lot more uh, streamlined. It's a lot more soft. It actually feels like a conversation. And you can ask Google to do multiple things for you in, in a row. So I'll give you the example. I was driving down uh, a farmland just a couple of days ago. Um, and I was driving and it was started pouring rain. And I'm using Google Maps. Um, and what I found out is actually they've integrated Google, Google Now into the Maps application. So uh, completely hands-free, I'm hanging out in the car, I just turned the music down and I said, okay, Google, and it was ready to go. And uh, I asked it what the weather was, and then I asked it what the weather was going to be in three different cities, and then I asked it to create an appointment for me based on the weather in those particular cities. So um, mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out where to go camping and stuff like that. But anyway, it's not important, but the, the importance is that it can do all of this from within the Maps application regardless of where you are. Yeah. So the AI is getting a lot better. It's getting to be a lot more conversational and it can do a lot more than its counterparts like uh, Siri and Cortana. I mean, Cortana is still better off than Siri, but Google now is really, really getting better faster and, and it's only got up to go from here as well. It certainly, you know, it made me think watching that uh, this year and, and the, the, the natural language um, interaction you can have with it and the contextual stuff that it does um, that Apple really need to do something with Siri at this year's WWDC. Yeah, so um, Richard, you actually sent me a, a link for this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you, you sent me a link for um, link for the new Siri. Uh, it was called uh, V, right? Uh, the same creators. Viv. Viv. So Viv uh, seems to be on par with uh, Google Now. It seems to me. Um, but uh, as far as I understand, it's not it's not an Apple product. They're not anyhow affiliated. It's just the same people that created it. Right? Yeah, and uh, as far as I understand f- from what I've read, they're not they're not interested in selling it to Apple either. The the people who left Ooh. Apple um, after the sale of Siri apparently did so because Apple wanted to really close it down and close down all the APIs, um, mm-hmm. and that's not the, the way that they envisaged Siri being used. So. Um, th- this is the idea of Viv is that um, multiple sort of net um, services and things can plug into it and make it much more powerful than it than it currently uh, than Siri is. And and it, right. it, the crazy crazy thing about Viv, if you watch the tech demo, is it actually writes its own code on the fly to solve the problem, mm-hmm. which which is not something I, I don't know. I, I don't think that's a, a thing that we've seen before. So it's pretty impressive. Very impressive. So, so basically, what it can do is, uh, if it encounters a problem, so the the AI itself is system writing, if that makes any sense to you. So, I mean, to be honest, that kind of gets me a little bit scared. You know, Skynet and all yeah. the robots and what. But um, basically, at its heart, the the artificial intelligence built into Viv um, can tackle a problem uh, which it has never tackled before, and make an educated guess on how to solve that particular problem with X percent of accuracy, you could say, so so like let's say 90% accuracy, and then it can write the steps 
to be able to solve that problem automatically yeah. without any coding input from the developers end. So that's that's huge. That's absolutely huge. It is. It's really wacky. Um, and but I mean, I understand that Viv is doing a lot and it's it's code based. But you know, Google now is kind of more relying on a lot of hardware. Um, and um, there have been some rumors floating and there's been some reports of Google starting to make their own chips and uh, it's AI and chips uh, kind of going hand in hand, mm. um, similar to Apple's approach. Um, any thoughts, Richard? Yeah, it's, it's the, the, the yeah. idea of them creating their own chips and then um, sort of having uh, like a certification for VR, which we'll, we'll get on to. Um, it's just making me think that Google is gradually over time um, kind of wanting to control things more and more to, to give people a better experience. Um, yes, I mean, you've still got all the open options that are out there, but I think Google probably want to make more of their own products um, mm -hmm. and and give a, a better, better performance and uh, experience because of that. So... Uh, Yes, it's just uh, an observation that I've made. I, I don't know what you think about that. Well, I mean, I don't disagree with you. I think the fragmentation of Android it's, is one of its biggest weaknesses. Um, and we all know that. And that's what causes a lot of customer dissatisfaction. Um, it's what causes a lot of heartache. But then at the same time, you know, that's the selling point for Android yep. 2, where you've got the manufacturers who are including brand new features that don't make it out to like their last version. So, for example, with the Note uh, sorry, the Samsung Galaxy S7. Um, now the Samsung S6 and the Note 5 have been updated, uh, but they don't have all of the same software features, even though the hardware is more than capable enough. Um, so Google wants to try to control that, and um, I think it's it's partially a good thing. There's obviously pros and cons to the whole approach, um, but you know what I'm really excited for is Google to use these custom processors with their artificial intelligence to make them do more and do them do, do it a lot faster mm. so these custom processors are supposed to allow um the ai to learn algorithms extremely quickly yeah um, much much faster than off off the shelf um bits that you can get um so i was reading this on uh, i believe it was uh, tech radar or wired the other day that um, you know your typical chips and processors uh will run in about 32 or 62 64 bits of precision uh but google's own custom chips run at eight bits uh but because of this they run much much faster um, and apparently they're using technology that's about seven to ten years ahead of uh, what you would get off the shelf. Wow. So, I mean, there's there's a lot to come from there. And, you know, you have to keep in mind that Google's in the background, every, nothing runs on your phone, right? So let me, let me put that out there for you. Google Now, Google Maps, all the processing is happening offline yeah. or online, but on Google's end. Yeah. Right, you're just getting the bulk of the information. So it's like you're requesting something from your phone, and you're getting the output on your phone. But nothing is actually happening on your particular device. Yeah. You're just giving them a lot of data points and a lot of share points so that they can display that information back to you. So that means that Google is very, very efficiently doing this in the background, um, and Google's able to do this to billions of users. I, I must imagine. Like we talk about how there's you know 900 million Android devices out there, but think about which which devices from back when are still running and where they are and how many other versions of Android there are in the wild and on what type of devices. Um, it, it's, it's astronomical, the, the power that Google systems have. So just changing one chip 
and uh, kind of making an array of a, a brand new technology that's able to do functions much quicker. It's just going to it's going to change the face of processing offline or on these on these Google servers, and then that information coming back to you. Oh man, we're talking about instant instant reactions. Yeah, and if you could get, uh, you know, I, I imagine Google will come out with some sort of certification or something to sort of say, you know, this 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 device uh, has it has our AI chip in. You'll know, be some sort of name for it or. Uh, standard, you know, uh, so that'd be quite good, and then and then that would help you decide which phones you're going to buy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so there's a lot of exciting news on the uh, on the AI front, and um, you know, for a lot of us, we won't get to understand or realize how much work really goes into the background mm. of it. Um, but you better believe it that Google is really, really invested into um, home automation and their assistant just because everything is becoming voice controlled now. Um, yeah. People want to interact with their items around the house in, in a different way. Yeah. Um, Nest is getting tied in. Your smoke sensors and carbon monoxide sensors are getting tied in. Your speakers sets and your TV is getting tied in. So eventually, I think everything's going to be very, very well integrated uh, with, with Google's kind of uh, vision. Um, I mean, Apple's got that same vision in mind, but their system is so controlled that it, it's going to be really difficult for there to be mass masses who have a very tightly integrated Apple ecosystem. It costs too much money. Hmm. So, I mean, there's a, there's a lot going on there, but um, kind of transitioning from AI and, you know, talking about another project that uh, Google is using AI and um, Project Ara is is huge huge uh for all our all our developer friends and all our developing geeks out there um but i'm personally very excited for project r to come out too what are your thoughts richard yeah i i, I like it i think it's an interesting idea um mm-hmm. i think it's when it comes out i think it's going to be a very um what's the word kind of there'll be a lot of um, early adopter uh problems with it i think uh, and, and I don't think a lot of people will go for it to start with. But if it gets to the point where, you know, they kind of sell it and people get to think that it's a cool idea that they can choose their own modules, then, yeah, I could see that. I could see it working. I mean, personally, I'd quite like to be able to focus on having, a, like, a higher quality DAC on my phone um, and maybe a really mm-hmm. good camera, that sort of thing. And that's the whole point. Yeah. Right, and that's the whole point, right? Modularity, so that you can add things to your phone that are particularly important to you. So, if you're yeah. an audiophile, you know you can add a 64-bit DAC, or um, if you're someone who likes to read a lot, maybe you can add a small e-paper display to the back of your phone. Yeah. Or if you're someone who likes to do a lot of photography, maybe you can add an overextended camera module. Yeah. Right, because you don't particularly care about the the portability of the item. So, Project Ara is that's what gets me excited about, it and that's what kind of gets me super, uh, super, super you know hopeful that eventually we're going to stop wasting and creating a lot of env- environmental waste with these technology products because right now there's thousands of old phones and batteries that are going into landfills and they're just killing the environment yep um but i mean i wouldn't say that google ara is the first of its kind um I mean, maybe in some minute details with their locking mechanisms using, um, you know, electromagnetic fields and whatnot. But um, I think Fairphone was going the same route. Um, and for those of you who don't know, Fairphone is basically a, a very, very, uh, I guess, 
environment-focused and kind of longevity-focused device. Um, it's You can take it apart by yourself. They, in fact, they encourage for you to take it apart yourself. And it's more modular than, let's say, you know, even the LG G5 or the Samsung Galaxy S7 or any of the main phones out there. So I, th I think it's great that Google's doing that. Um, so on that front, um, for news, uh, I think what we should keep in mind is that there is a consumer release date. They're saying sometime next year yep. in 2017. Yep. Um, most likely, I think it'll get delayed until the, the end of 2017. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a lot for them to target, right? It's been um, delayed a lot, hasn't it? Yeah. There's so much stuff. So, so yeah, so it's exciting, but uh, I think there's a lot to come, and uh, we'll we'll keep reporting on that as it, as we learn more. Yep. What else did we get then? Oh, so what else? What else? What else? Um, I know they talked a little bit about their wearable development. Um, I think you're a bit more familiar with that, but uh, what I what I was really kind of uh, piqued by was uh, their their touch interactive fabrics and whatnot yeah kind of weird idea um they they uh, 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 brought out something i think with uh, levi's some sort of uh, a smart jacket or something like that yeah so i think it's called uh project picard no project jacquard yeah uh, or jacquard it's not, it's not, um, not the it's catchiest <laughs> name of what i say <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they've got to stop calling everything project. Mm. Um, I feel like they're... I understand that they are very tiny projects at, at, at heart, but uh, they need to start marketing these things earlier. One of the, this, is, this, whole, this is one of the whole things that I've just recently I've been thinking to myself about Google, and it's, and it's a bigger issue maybe than we've got time for here, but mm -hmm. sometimes I worry with Google, when they start doing things, you never know how long they're going to bother to support it for. Right. You know, so we could all rush out and buy six Google Home modules and two years later they kill it because they're bored with it and they want, want to do something new. You know, it's, there's definitely, I think there's a concern there for consumers about long longevity of how long they're going to support stuff for. Fair enough, fair enough. But I mean, historically speaking, there haven't been a lot of hardware products that Google has discontinued. I mean, the ones that I can think of are like Google's... Uh, Nexus Q, I believe it was, right? Well, they just killed the Nexus as well, apparently. What do you mean? The the Nexus player? All the Nexus? Oh, the Nexus player. I thought you, I thought you said that they killed all the Nexuses. No, no, no. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> the, all the Nexi are gone? Can you imagine that? No! Overnight, all bricked. <laughs> but um, yeah, they killed, they but, killed but, the Nexus player just recently. And it's like, <laughs> oh, well, there goes another one that you've given up on, you know. And, you know, I mean... That's kind of it's it's something that you can expect almost though, right? Like Android TV and these Nexus players haven't really been selling like hotcakes, no. right? The the technology is still in people's hands. We're still the the we're trying to look for the next best thing, right? So tablet sales have slowed down, right? We all know nobody's buying tablets anymore. People who have their old tablets are holding on to them longer. They don't find there to be a need to improve these devices. But smartphone sales are are starting to decline now too because the phones are so, so capable and yeah. so durable. Um, but these so these manufacturers are now trying to find new categories, mm -hmm. right? So a lot of the manufacturers are going for the uh, mid-tier category of phones and smartphones for developing countries. Um, a lot of them are trying to go for AI. AI and home assistance. Uh, a lot of them are trying to go for other devices around the home, connected devices, Internet of Things and whatnot. But, you know, Google's really kind of spent some time in figuring out what they're no longer concentrating on, too. I mean, with the Nexus Player and Android TV, Google's never really backed it to the point where, um, you know, th they've gone mainstream with it. Yeah. Um, 
they've they haven't put that much of a marketing no, budget behind no. it. It was really a half baked device that they put out. Um, you know, they haven't put. And I, I'm I'm happy to say this. They have not put in as much effort as Apple has with the Apple TV. Nowhere near. No. Yeah. Um, in terms of software integration, in terms of you know software fluidity, in terms of functionality, yep. in terms of understanding what people want, and at the very end, in terms of not having the correct partnerships with the correct uh, with the correct uh, I guess uh, production companies mm. and uh, all these cable companies. Um, so Apple with their music game has been moving into it, but I think Google's just kind of matched the music end of it just by kind of sheer volume that they have they've just kind of gone in hey here's our music app we've acquired songs and integrated everything into google music enjoy and now there's another way for us to advertise to you so here you go I've listened to an ad every four songs yeah. well something you were just saying before there kind of brings me neatly on uh, to another section of the io so you were saying about you know smartphone sales have plateaued because there's nothing more being offered but, but mm-hmm. Google, to me, one thing I took away from this was Google now have kind of put a foot forward um, with the uh, f- and given given you a reason to to buy uh, an Android uh, handset over Apple because they've come out with uh, this uh, Daydream standard, uh, which mm-hmm. is for VR. Um, now right. it's in, and and they're betting they, they can seem to be sort of betting the farm on VR a bit with with Android um, because they they're going to integrate it deep into Android N as as was rumoured in the past. Um, but what's brilliant about that, I think, is that you won't you won't have to kind of pull yourself out of the out of the app that you're using, and then sort of right, you right, know right. take take the headset off, take the phone out. Uh, do whatever, then go back into the app, then put the headset back on. Android will, um, uh, as far as I understand it, a kind of um, user interface level still work for you whilst you're in VR mode. Um, and I, th- I think, yeah. I think so, that's really great. So let's great. pull that back a little bit, Richard. Yeah. Let's tell our audience a little bit about Daydream and you know, kind of what it is and what Google's ambitions are with the project, right? Yeah. So we've got Daydream, which is Android's uh, intent to bake VR functionality into the software at the base Mm. level right and they're saying that they've got a bunch of hardware partners on board HTC Samsung uh, Alcatel LG a bunch of all the big guys and they're saying that the phones that are going to be daydream ready are already in production so what this will do is now instead of concentrating on things like um, you know a better screen just for having a higher dpi or having a faster processor just for the sake of having a a faster processor Mm. they're going to have an end goal in mind yep which is developing the hardware ready to do vr yep so that's that's the point of project uh, or that's a point of daydream so now, what they're, in terms of hardware, they're concentrating on a couple of different things, which is the display, and they're trying to improve the refresh rates for the yeah, display. Yeah, really super low latency, isn't it? Super low latency so that you can get over that motion sickness um, that you get during VR experiences. And uh, they're also going to put down some standards for development content so that Google can kind of control things a little bit more so that, kind of, you know, they're taking the lead on it. They're saying, okay, we're going to put it straight into the system, Develop for it. Yeah. People want to try this out. It's not particularly expensive. Let's do this. Yeah. Right? So there's there's a lot of good coming out of VR and kind of Daydream's specs, but 
don't you think it's counterproductive, Richard? Aren't we going into the same direction that Google doesn't want to go, where they don't want to control um, the the kind of uh, software at the base level and kind of say, okay, this is what it has to be? Um, I, like to some degree, I feel like they're stifling creativity. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure, Jenny, because I think I think if there's a base standard, then that gives you as a consumer confidence that if you're buying that phone to use it for VR, it's capable of doing it. Um, and that doesn't mean that, that companies can't try to exceed the base standards because they undoubtedly will do to try and give you the very best experience. But but True. at least knowing that it's, you know, capable. So if you want to buy like a, a mid-tier Android phone, now there's a lot of good mid-tier Android phones out there, but it, but it is a it is a bit a bit of a gamble if you don't do your research you know that you could equally get one that's really not that great so but if you if you knew if you saw that certification you'd think okay well i know for sure it's got it's like you said it's got got a great display it's pretty pretty fast um you know all, the, all these kind of things uh i i think that's a good thing for, from a consumer point of view i mean to be fair there's probably going to be a lot of people who who go daydream what what does that mean? You know, right. um, so Google are going to have to do a lot of marketing, I think, to 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 get people to understand what that actually means and what day, daydream standard means. Yeah, the, the reason the reason why I'm a, I'm a bit I'm a bit skittish on it is because I just feel that with the manufacturers kind of coming in and taking Android to a fragmented level. Mm. I have a feeling that although Google is doing this to prevent it, mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to be able to because each each manufacturer is already in the game where they're developing custom experiences. Samsung has p- partnered up with Oculus. LG is kind of doing their own thing that's custom to their particular phones, mm-hmm. right, with their, with their plug-in VR headset. And now Google is saying, okay, we have these external headsets, but we're building it into the system. So we, we've already got a fragmented system that's out there at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, who's to say that all these other manufacturers aren't just jumping on as an extra gravy train? Right, because I don't think Google. I'm sorry, I don't think Samsung is ever going to stop development with uh, with uh, Oculus anymore yeah. because it's the heart of their product. No. But they may well decide that they'll have an Oculus based product and they'll have a Daydream type product, and they'll they'll watch and see which one does better. Yeah, but like, see, and that's what I'm saying. I, I don't feel that Samsung is going to be as invested in making Daydream VR. Uh, a reality or a, a huge success they, as much as they are in office. But they don't need to because all they've got to do, as far as I understand, all they've got to do is provide sufficiently um, good hardware to run it. Um, Android N will run VR content natively uh, and then it's up to developers to provide the rest of the content. So... It's, is it really? It's not. Is it really up to Samsung to to do anything? Well, it's a bit more complicated than that, right? Like, so think about it at this this way, right? So you've got the device manufacturer itself, which is Samsung, but they're they're contracting out certain hardware components to certain companies around mm-hmm. the world, right? Um, they're not doing complete hundred percent production, so they're getting their chips from Qualcomm or they're making them in house. But when they're making them from Qualcomm, they're they're waiting to get driver sets. They're waiting to get. Um, hardware drivers that are well integrated and working well with um, the particular version of Android N. So now Google is saying, okay, for Daydream VR, Qualcomm, you need to produce um, a certain set of chipsets that's going to have this integration with it. Now, 
not all the same manufacturers. So not LG, um, LG and uh, Samsung are going to come in and say, okay, we're going to use the same tech. So one one person might have an LCD tech, uh, one person might have an AMOLED tech. Um, the variation between these devices and how Qualcomm supports these devices is still going to create a bit of a variance in terms of functionality. Unless they're saying, yes, standardize the hardware that, that's going into every device and that's what Google Dream uh, functionality or standard standardization means. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I just feel that, I, I feel like it's not going to be a success just because there's there's manufacturers that are very vested in their own VR experiences at the moment. And I, I think the overlap is going, just going to cause more fragmentation. I, I, I always get the, the impression that what happens with Google phones for the majority of people is they go into a shop, the man tells them, this is the new Samsung, or uh, I'll probably even hands them a Samsung and says, this is the new Android phone. <laughs> and if, right. they, if they don't, don't want to um, buy a Samsung, you know, because of past experience or what people have told them, then you know it's it, they, then they're probably just looking at stuff based on on their budget, um, mm-hmm. and maybe they know HTC because they make quite nice looking phones from you know they've seen other friends with HTCs and stuff like that. So right. I think that's kind of what happens, and and it's apart from people who are very into tech and know all about it, and you know uh, buy one plus threes and stuff you know stuff like that um they're the people who are buying the lg g5 um but to a lot of people i don't think daydream's going to mean anything um they're yeah. going to have to do a huge marketing push and and, and actually they're going to probably have to do a marketing push to get people to understand what vr even is so yeah, you're right. uh, and what and why they'd want that in their phone um so so I guess I guess there's there's a lot to see, you know, and that seems to be the theme with a lot of the the things that were announced at IO that we we've got to see how the how it plays out, how how it's deployed and how it's implemented. Yeah, and a lot of, one of the one of the interesting things about this IO is that a lot of it isn't ready. Um compared yeah. to previous years, they've usually had stuff ready to go and a, a lot of this stuff is like coming next year, coming in 2017, <laughs> you know, it's uh, coming later yeah. this summer. Yeah. <laughs> So it was quite interesting yeah. to see that. It was almost like that was definitely a disappointment. Yeah, it's it almost um, like they were. They, I've got the impression, maybe a little bit, because it's obviously Google and Apple are running running head to head with each other, and it just right. makes you think they were maybe thinking, right, we've got to get something out the door before WWDC to try and steal the mm-hmm. the thunder off Apple. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. You know, even. Um, Apple might do nothing in relation to VR, but if unless Google know that for a fact, they might they might be thinking, right? We want to be the first ones to announce, you know. Uh, but see, that's where I, I I'm more on board with Apple's philosophy of doing things, you know, a hundred percent and doing fewer yeah. things, right? Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, like I'll never understand Google's vision for creating whether it's software or hardware products and then just dropping support two years later yeah yeah you will never find an apple product that they've just dropped support for within two years or three years of launch i think we're talking about the ipod you know the click wheel ipods yeah like we still we still have support for them even though they're no longer being (laughs) sold we still have support for them right right so there's there's a huge huge issue there that google really needs to step 
step up on that. They're they're creating a lot and they're invested in a lot, mm. but they need to if they're going to do that, then they need to allocate the appropriate resources for each of these products uh, or projects rather than saying, okay, coming next year and then we're going to delay it another year and a half. Yep. Right? But one type project that kind of uh, Android's been working on for a while and they've been really kind of working with manufacturers on is Android Auto. And the deployment has been going phenomenally. Mm. Have you ever had a chance to use uh, Android Auto? Richard? I haven't had a chance to use any of those, you know, the Android Auto or the, um, what's Apple's one again? CarPlay. CarPlay. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to use anything like that. And whenever I've looked at the, the head units for it, they just seem prohibit- prohibitively expensive. So, Yeah, they're not particularly cheap. I mean, if you buy a doubled-in stereo unit, they end up costing you, I think, 400 bucks now. When they were brand new, they used to cost like upwards of $1,500 yes. for a, a good it's unit. That's crazy. And, and you, you got to keep in mind that these things are basically peripherals for your smartphones that you kind of plug into and there's a screen there and it's a touchscreen so you can still interact with it. But you, a lot of it is just kind of very limited in what you mm. can do. Um, but uh, what's great now is rather than having to buy, you know, off the shelf head units that you can put into your car after after buying it, um, manufacturers are getting on board so that you don't have to mess around with wires and taking apart your car's dashboard and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and it's starting to work really well for the for the functions that Google is intending it to. You know, maps, uh, being able to have the voice assistant once again AI based inside the car mm. so that you, you don't have to touch things, um, volume controls through voice, um, being able to switch to Spotify playlists. Um, so they're, they're doing a good job there. And I think that's one of the projects that we don't get to hear about very, very often, mm. but it's it's really starting to become more streamlined. And I think it's going to be in every car before you know it. Yeah, I'm, uh, maybe I've got the wrong end of the stick with this, but am I right in thinking that you uh, with, with Android and it can now kind of turn any phone into an Android auto unit effectively? Yes. So uh, this is where Google does those things that I'm just like, what the heck, Google? You realize you're you're creating a product that does this standalone, and now you're saying every phone in the world can do the same yeah, thing. You're, kill, you're killing the other hardware. <laughs> right. Like, what's the point of what you just did? Like, you're just killing the sales of every aftermarket head unit manufacturer right there. Yeah. Um, I mean, the people who have it integrated within the within the cars aren't going to care. Yeah. Uh, but for those manufacturers, you just you just kill them. You just said, hey, go die. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would we much no longer rather, uh, you know, Apple sort of, uh, for my iPhone, if, if Apple sort of had some sort of feature whereby it, it turned into a CarPlay unit automatically when you start driving or something, you know? Uh, yeah. I, I, and you know, Motorola's done that. They've built a functionality into their Android devices where, like, you know, they, the phone detects using GPS uh, sensors how fast you're yeah. going, so it automatically puts the phone into driving mode. I mean, why why hasn't Android been able to do that yet, or Google been able to yeah. do that yet at a mass yeah. scale? Yeah, I think that's much better for everyone because I don't, I don't think people want to, to mess on buying aftermarket headsets, really. Um, it's all right if it comes integrated with your car when you buy it and it's new. And by the way, if I was buying one, I'd want one that was uh, able to do both at the same time. I wouldn't hedge me hedge me bet on <laughs> either one. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I wouldn't disagree with you there. To be honest, we're we're like tech enthusiasts. Like Richard and I are constantly changing our our phones so often. Yep. Um, and we're not we're not loyalists yeah. uh, in the sense that we're only going to stick to Android or only going to stick to Apple. We we like to try out what's new out there, and uh, for for us it's it is very difficult to you know be completely invested in one ecosystem. Yeah. 
it, it is for anyone uh, you know because if you ever ch- if you ever decide to change your mind it's a problem uh, and these devices aren't aren't cheap right so um, but you know I mean to, to bring things back a bit Android Auto software-wise is working well, and Google seems to be doing a lot of things that are software-based at this I.O. event. Very little hardware. Mm. You know, uh, one of the other things that we should talk about really briefly is Google's, you know, they made a huge deal about this, about creating new voice chatting, oh, sorry, video chatting apps and a new, like, messaging app. Like, I, I thought that was hilarious that they made such a big deal about it. Well, the, 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 uh, the it's, it's, it's good, actually, because they kind of... It, it's one of those things that does actually bridge the gap between the uh, iOS and Android spheres because it's going to be available for both platforms, which is nice to see. However, fair enough. The cynic in me <laughs> says, "Oh, yet another Google messaging app." You know, it's right. like, why can't you just bloody fix Hangouts? You've you've got it there. People who have an an Android phone know about that now. Fix it. Don't just, you know, go creating completely new software. I'm really See, Google's, sick of it. Google's at a point where they've, they're like, we have so much money. Here, you guys take some, you guys take some, you guys take some, and start developing competing products. Yeah. <laughs> we'll fi- we'll f- and we'll, we'll, we'll basically go with the one that works yeah, the we'll best. F- and it's okay. You can take 10 years to decide. Fair enough. Do that. Do that. But then brand it as Hangouts. Right. Why do you, or Hangouts wh- wh- like beta, and, and if it doesn't work out, then eliminate all those features. Why do you need to give it a completely different name, another download? It's going to be a separate app on your phone. because More usage on your oh, system resources. Oh, God, honestly. And, and, and but, it's, 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 there's no <laughs> way that, like, they're not going to get, I don't honestly think they're going to get mass uh, adoption from iOS users because they, they're going to stick to iMessage. There's nothing. But, but. The, the one thing that both of us are kind of forgetting to mention. So the, the two the two of these apps are called Allo and Duo, yeah. by the way. One of them does messaging and, you know, basically whatever WhatsApp does. Um, and WhatsApp is currently the most popular messaging device in the world. Yeah. This was announced uh, yesterday. Um, and you've got a video chatting app that's great um, and it can work cross-platform and it's very minimal. So you don't have to deal with like the, the intrusive kind of UI of Skype. Um, it's very similar to FaceTime and you've just got the person there and you're kind of interacting. It's just like there. I, I'm, I'm ready to do this video call, right? But the, the interesting part about it is that they are building the codex and the functionality for you to do this in very low latency with very little bandwidth. That's the huge seller for it. So FaceTime, although, yes, FaceTime already exists and it's going to be a difficult time for Google to say, okay, all iOS people adopt this app. But if you have half the usage of um, FaceTime's, um, I guess, bandwidth um, usage, half of that, and you're getting better quality in terms of being able to chat with someone with lower latency, Mm. I don't see why people wouldn't adopt because people are lazy. <laughs> it's but, it's not on, it's like not on their that phone work. by default. So they, they would need... But maybe Google will start packaging as default. Not on an iOS device, you're not. Oh, well, yeah. So I, iOS well, users are only yeah. going to get to know about it via word of mouth. So it's going to have to be spectacularly good for that. But Google, that. but Google also markets their iOS presence fairly well. You know, like when you when you download, uh, I think it's Google Search. It tells you all the different things that Google Search can tie into on the phone, oh, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, it's not impossible. Like it's okay, not. Granted, 
It's on, like, how many people would you say on iOS have the Gmail app on their phone? I would say tons. 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 Even though the app is crap yeah. um, on iOS, um, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, but, like, there's tons of people that have it. Even if they were to tie it in somehow with that application, you know, they could easily get adoption up quickly. Yeah. The, the, I think the, the main point here is, is it going to function so radically differently and so much better than what's out there on the market for people to say, okay, I would rather have this on my phone than use FaceTime, which is so much easier. Yeah. And right? is it still going to be here next year? <laughs> and and is Google going to fire the team that uh, that was developing it? Exactly. Um, and, and, and you know what? That's a very real fear for, for those of us who are looking to get invested in that in that type of a system. But, you know, luckily we don't have to pay anything for it yeah. um, at the moment, at least. Uh, and I'm finding this, Richard, that's actually something that I wanted to kind of throw out to our, our listeners today. That if you'll notice what Google is doing is very similar to Facebook strategy. Google's bulk of their revenue is always from advertising. Right, they don't make tons and tons of money off devices, or um, you know, doing content or anything else. Their their real money is in advertising. If you ever go through their um, earnings, yeah. um, and now there's it's Alphabet. But what's what Google is going to start doing with Google Maps is going to be very radically different. Where when it comes out of beta, they will start charging everyone for it, and it's going to become to the level where they're going to make tons of money off of it because we're so dependent on it. Oh, I'd pay for it. I'd pay for it too, and that's the sad part. I don't like paying for software. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I'd rather pay for it than end, end up in a river somewhere if I used Apple Maps. So, <laughs> <laughs> or, or the middle of a desert, yeah. um, which is what happened in Australia, and that was really sad. So. Um, but but a, lot of, a lot of different software stuff was announced, and, you know, I think, like we said before, the theme is let's see how it plays out, let's see how well it's implemented. Um, and basically, let's see. Let's see what goes on. Um, lots to be excited about on the software end. Lots to be excited um, about in the prospects of maybe new hardware coming from things like Daydream VR and uh, you know the new chips and uh, um, Android Auto. But um, I think I think that that pretty much wraps up what happened at I/O at least. Yeah, that's the the bulk of of the interesting stuff I think. Yeah, so um, so I guess um, what we'll do is we'll wrap it up here for this week, and um, we will see you in another two weeks where I think we might continue our wearables talk. Yeah, yeah so um, for all of those who are listening, thank you very much for tuning in, and uh, we will see you in the next one. Bye.